This is Shift Run Stop. It's um, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. We're in the screening room of the Motion Picture Company. We're at the BCS, which is the, uh, the Chartered Institute of IT, and they're doing a Great Britain-style IT um, appeal <laughs> with celebrities making a case for each IT pioneer that they the, the, think the monsters get the of vote. information technology I, yeah. I, I like to think of them as if this were if this was Donington and, yeah. um, and there was a live stage with Alan Turing and Ada Lovelace and Clive Sinclair and some woman who invented a torpedo. Um, Hedy Lamar, I think uh, you're, you're going for there. We've just watched some videos um, in the screening room, short films of sort of Dom Jolly and Kate Russell off of Click and people like that, talking about who their uh, IT heroes are and why, and why we should vote for them to make them the best IT hero out of all the IT heroes. So we're going to try and talk to some of the people who were in that film. Let's, let, let's, let's move up, Wayne. Not, not, not many of the actual nominees. Some of them are dead. Clive Sinclair's <laughs> no, nom- still alive. The nominees haven't showed up. Clive Sinclair is apparently on some kind of honeymoon in America. Of oh, course, cool, because he's, he's, he's recently married a, another, <laughs> another young lady. Young model. But, yeah, I tried to... Um, I, I say, I say to... another. I don't know who he was married well, to previously. I hope that's not litigious. <laughs> he's, he's not a bigamist or anything. You, you were probably used to people saying, oh, it's Kate Russell. But but it's no, actually not. Normally people walk past me going, do if you ever watch Click, uh, this, is, this is the guy who does web My information pioneer is Alan Turing. It's created quite a debate on the website already because people are obviously, you know, in support of various different people. Somebody said, why wasn't Flowers on there instead of Turing? It's quite contentious, but this is what I was saying in there earlier on, is it's good, the debate is good because we can't pick five people out of the cloud, literally, and say, I'm going to stand these people up on a pedestal and say they are the five, the only five choices for information pioneers. It's not going to happen. But they're people with interesting stories. So where can we go to vote for Alan Turing if we, um, if we believe in him as much as you clearly do? You need to go to pioneers.bcs.org and um, kclick at posterous or kclick.posterous. Have you been playing Red Dead Redemption? Because I have, it's I, amazing. I, have, you, have you played it? I have now got a copy, oh, but because I'm such a bloody sun worshipper, I can't seem to sit still when the sun's outside, so I haven't had a chance to play it yet. But um, you're enjoying it? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, yeah. Uh-huh. I've been using it um, as a break from being out in the sun, so I, I uh-huh. spend half an hour in the sunshine and then, and then go indoors and mm. tame a horse or, um, I don't know, shoot a wolf and then skin it and then oh, sell it. that's skin. horrible. That sounds awful. I think that's brilliant. I thought it was like my horse and me, but just like in a, in a painting. <laughs> it's basically horse Tamagotchi okay. in a painting, but you can also... But you have um, to kill animals. Well, you don't have to, but if, I'm being, if my horse is being attacked by a wolf, I'm going to defend my horse. Okay, okay. So it is quite my horse and me life, just with added predators. Have you met any Indians yet? Indians, as in uh, Native Americans. Uh, yes. No, I haven't yet. I've met some Mexicans. Have you? Yeah. Are you allowed to say that? I hope so. South Americans. Yeah, <laughs> some Southern Americans. I've met them. Uh, no, I haven't met any uh, any Native Americans. I, there, there's an Irish guy whose nickname seems to be Irish, 
Right. He's very funny. Uh, and there's Seth, who uh, digs graves. Right. And um, all the characters, all of them. Brilliant. I think I'm about a third of the way through the game. Okay. I've been playing for quite a few hours over Have the weekend, you? yeah. Because I heard that there's a, a sort of hour-long tutorial at the beginning that's quite tedious. Is that is that true, or did you just kind of power through? Well, it's, it starts slowly to teach yeah. you a few things, but okay. actually I think it does quite a good job of teaching you things during the story play, uh, during the, <clears throat> during the uh, course of the game, right. rather than putting everything up front. Okay. So the kind of the targeting and shooting system, there's three different stages to it, and it introduces you to them uh, spread out over ooh, quite a long time, certainly not all in one go. But the moral ambiguity, which is so common in Rockstar games, mm. uh, allowing you to choo- play the role in a variety of different ways. So, you know, imagine you see somebody uh, being held up by bandits, a damsel in distress being held up. Yeah. You could either shoot the bandits and then and then she'll be very thankful and maybe give you some money. Right. Or you could lasso her, hogtie her, put her on the train tracks and wait for a train to come by. <laughs> you could do that. And doing that oh, would unlock brilliant. an achievement called Dastardly and you'd get some, uh, oh, get some points for it and everything. So... Oh. They've thought about it. It's, it's, um, they've thought about what you're likely to want to do, and I think you'll enjoy it, especially for the, the horse scenes. Oh. And when, you're, when you first tame a horse, and then you kind of feel like that's your horse rather than just one that's been given to you, mm. you definitely develop an attachment, an emotional attachment with your horse. Oh. And so when I was actually out just in the middle of nowhere, and I saw a wolf, and I threw my lasso around its neck, and uh, it then turned on the horse and, and started taking the horse down, mm. I was... I was very upset when it mm. killed the horse. I was very sad. Oh no! Yeah, that's awful. It's like the bit in the Neverending Story when the horse dies. Everyone always goes, "Oh, Jesus! I can't it's believe the they did that." Thing, it's the yeah. worst imaginable. A horse dying is, I think, is particularly sad yeah. among, amongst deaths of animals. The multiplayer starts with just a free roam. So you you join the multiplayer and you you start with a bunch of other random people around the world, uh-huh. uh, and you can just chase around the the sandbox world shooting each other right. and that's quite fun yeah. um, or then you can you can fire up different games within that and they seem to all start with a kind of Mexican standoff style scene right. where you're all either standing in two lines or just in a circle depending on whether it's a team based game or, or just a free for all and then to decide either like who goes first or who gets the best bit of territory or, or something um, it's just a, a standoff and you have to shoot everybody else and the last one standing <laughs> wins and then it goes into the actual right. the actual game it's great that's fun yeah it's brilliant um, LJ Rich is here for Click and uh, an early episode of this podcast. So, hi, LJ. It's great evening. It's great to be here. How oh. could I refuse the chance to come back on, especially after the last time? I'm quite amazed you're having me back. Who are you going to be voting for off of the people that we've uh, seen? The, the, inter- the Am internet I allowed pioneers. to reveal my vote, or is it oh. considered not sporting? Um, I think you should. I think you should just go for it. I think honest. all of them, the top five, certainly, and, and, and the films, really, the main thing it did was it made me think how great it is to bring a traditionally very dry subject of computer mm. geeks as the wider population would view it and these films really bring inspiration to life for the IT industry mm. so I think hmm I'm really torn between Hedy Lamar, Ada Lovelace and Alan Turing. I think that it's less and less remarkable that people rising to the top of the technology sphere are women I think mm. it's just that they are good at their job and we're finally at that point I hope that you know, your ability to do the job is in no way... It, it's not, oh, she's really good. Oh, and she's a girl. Mm. It, it's kind of changing, which is but good. I guess, but I guess there are less sort of inspirational women from the past for us to look to. We have to kind of go, 
Oh, Alan Tudyk. I've never heard of Helly Lamar, I have to say. I was quite surprised that, that you know, I'm quite interested in her now because mm-hmm. like, she's a woman from the past who did something with technology. Um, but did you have inspirational women growing up that you, you looked to? Oh, now that is a question and a half. Mm. I think I got a lot of inspiration from science fiction books. Uh-huh. I read very voraciously as a kid. I also had a spectrum when oh. I was very, very young, so I had a ZX spectrum. It was a 48K. Well, that was the other thing. The, the problem is, is all of your loyalties are split when you look at such amazing advances that we've made, especially in the UK, and the way that so many bits of progression, so many progressions in technology have been down to stuff that's been innovated on our doorstep. And mm. that could be partly because of Clive Sinclair, who mm. is also kind of cool. And I love the way all those little illustrations in the films made it so personable and so mm. easy to absorb the information. Encouraging us to see Clive Sinclair as Jet Set Willy, I thought was quite <laughs> exciting. <laughs> My, um, in fact, next door but one, Sean, he managed to crack Jet Set Willy and got infinite lives for all of us. We had infinite lives on Jet Set Willy. And I was addicted to a game called Splat on the Spectrum, mm. which I wish I could find. I could complete it. And when I got to the end of level seven, I was really happy to get to the end. And you know what happened? No fanfares, no congratulations. It just started playing backwards. I was so gutted. Oh, that's rubbish. <laughs> it was like, that's rubbish. Where Where's my special skills? <laughs> Did you have any any favourite fictional um, technological heroines? Mm-hmm. And 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 again, I don't know if the BCS have included, for instance, Lara Croft, a very controversial figure yes. in the, in the history of feminist <laughs> video gaming. Is it her figure that was controversial? Oh, <laughs> see, yeah, that's what am I thinking? <laughs> and 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 I, I think I, from what I understand of the BCS, they're quite a serious organisation. They don't necessarily want to admit fictional like um, <laughs> technological VAR models, that kid out of war games, for instance, oh, Tron himself. Um, <laughs> Tron himself. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know who yours out, would be. The kid out of war games was awesome, though, wasn't he? he well, was, he was well it's, it's controversial. And again, sorry, now I'm building my own part sorry, up. But in, in a weird way, the kid out of war games is credited with saving the world from nuclear war. Yeah. It's a nuclear war that he, he had created. accidentally started. It's like, it's like Radio so, 6. <laughs> I don't know, I suppose my inspiration would probably be more the authors behind the stories. Uh-huh. So somebody like William Gibson, what a visionary he did, and uh, what a visionary he was in mm. terms of creating so much of the lingo that we throw about the place, cyberspace, you know, things, just virtual reality. And way back to Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke and all the really weird stuff like Alfred Bester and that kind of thing, the concepts that they came up with that just twist your brain around and that playing with reality thing, the people behind the ideas in fiction inspire me possibly more than, than the actual mm. people in the oh, books. Oh, I've got to follow this up. So what do you have a favourite William Gibson story? Uh, do you prefer <gasps> early Gibson or, 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 the, oh, or the newer stuff? Oh, no. I know it's difficult. How do you choose between, <laughs> so between his beautiful children? If you can't see, I'm putting my, my face in my hands. This is like a painful system error, I brain. Know. This is this is a this is a challenge for the BCS. I mean, I would if it had been the top yeah. 150 things that William Gibson have written, then there'd be a debate online, yeah. let me tell you. I would say if you've never tried him before, I'd start with Burning Chrome, which is a great selection of short stories which will sort of blow your brains out. If you like Asimov short stories, you know, things where you just, you're left thinking, and that's what I like, you know, because then it stops you having to think about your know, life. My, my other favourite Asimov punchline, I'm sorry we've opened up this can of worms now, <laughs> is, a whole new podcast. isn't the one where they create a computer with all the knowledge of humanity in it, and the first question they ask it is, is there a god... And the computer says, 
There is now. Oh, that's So, do you kind of draw the line at, at sort of extreme fantasy with, with unicorns and stuff, or do, no, do you I'll go? I'll read oh, anything. Like <laughs> I will right. read anything. Right. Um, you know, and there are some people if they wrote a menu, I'd read it. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm imagining William Gibson's cyber menu. We've got these little plastic sort of 3D printed um, things which are actually renditions of our logo. They're like the little um, tape deck that we use on our Chiffon Stop logo. Uh, C64 tape deck with yeah, the data Chiffon set, Stop. I think you'll find it's called. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a data set. <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. So these are little kind of thumb-sized blobs of plastic which have been 3D printed. Mm. Uh, and it's the words shift, run, stop um, rendered onto a, a very cute little, um, uh, I don't know what, sort of um, pleasingly bobbly uh, big 3D uh, tape, de- tape deck. It's really soft and all rounded edges. It's and, beautiful. And you can sort of press the, you can almost press the keys because yeah. they're, they're each individually um, carved out. And uh, yeah, and it's got a loop on it, so we think you can probably put them on your keyring, or if you want, wear it around your neck so it's close to your heart that way, as Carrie Bradshaw would say <laughs> in Sex and City, um, which is what I'm going to be doing. What you need to do. So we've only got three for now. But, but we'd love certainly um, to make some more for us. So we'll um, we'll analyse these and decide which one we like the best. They're all slightly different. Gosh, this is exciting. Well, Sandy, we thank you very the same much for sending these. Yeah, thanks, Sandy. We should give these away to our listeners, yeah. and then and then we could have one from have the, one for another from the next uh, the next batch. So, what should we say? The next three people to buy a tape? Yes, from from this episode, or a double episode which contains this episode. My name is Sean Coleman, and I am a producer of cross-platform content. I produce these films. And my name is Andrew McColl, and I researched and wrote the scripts for... Sean to film. So if, if you guys had to, had to choose uh, one inspirational, pioneering technology um, idol, who would it be? I think I'd probably plump for Tim Berners-Lee, mm. um, in part because as someone who's involved in collaborative media and cre- creating uh, content, I just think it's very inspiring that here was someone who could have made money off his uh, innovation that would be beyond his wildest dreams and instead he made a philosophical choice to give this uh, innovation to the wider public to make it free and available to everybody and uh, in doing so he's given the whole world this kind of great gift See, because I would go for Hedy Lamar but because no, that's, well, it is interesting. Yeah, I, say it doesn't have to be anyone off the five that you just. No. Said. <laughs> but <laughs> but she was the one I had to fight to get onto the uh, five because she was the only one who was outside of our, of the the top ten. At yeah, least. that's right. Because the other four were inside the top ten, and for me, Hedy was that person who sort of said, "Yes, I'm pretty and beautiful, but I'm also incredibly intelligent, and I've made this thing." And nobody took her seriously. And there's that moment, I think we got it in the film, but there's that moment where she, everybody just went, yeah, that's, that's interesting, love, but just, yeah, why don't you go and raise some money for us and we'll talk to the sensible guys. Mm. And only recently did she get credited for what she's been doing, right. and, you know, just before she died, but she didn't make any money out of it. And it's the same point as Tim Berners-Lee, but it's that... It was an amazing innovation. It was an amazing idea. It is incredible to think, isn't it, that she was, 
you know, she by day she was working with Judy Garland and Busby Berkeley and making these kind of, you know, glitzy, glam, schmaltzy uh, Hollywood productions. And then by night she was coming up with something that was going to change, you know, that now has kind of changed the way we all communicate. Yeah. So it it is a, a story of sort of public perception and private life. And Sean's right, that was something that I think we both kind of got really hooked into the story. But she was because that part of her life isn't known, she was quite a long way down the list of 150 that the BCS had prepared for us to sort of work from. We did am and about a few. There was uh, Doug Engelbart, who obviously, amongst many other things, created the, the mouse, which I didn't realise had come out of this sort of desire to... Did the, the the chip. The no, Robert Noyce. Robert Noyce. And, yeah, yeah, these guys in the, in the States. And that this sense with the mouse, particularly, to actually make computers accessible and liberate people's Navigable. intellect. Yeah, so they could actually... It wasn't about being in laboratories with these computers. It was about making the interaction with a machine accessible and intuitive to people. So something... And we looked at these wonderful pictures of the old little sort of like a wooden block with wheels and this kind of thing. So there was... I'm trying to think who else almost made the... Well, Tommy Flowers oh, almost yeah, made yeah. the list, but we, we spoke about him earlier. But Tommy Flowers, who invented Colossus, who... Oh, maybe, maybe he created Colossus. It's very difficult mm. to say who invented what, but computer. it was the first programmable computer. It was that point. He was at Bletchley as well. It yeah. was. He just kind of go. Road named after Tommy Flowers. Is that right? Yeah, Where? Yeah. Um, well, Probably in know the old the, East End. Well, he used to work at the Post Office That's Research right. Centre in, in Dollis Hill. Hill. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and I went on a pilgrimage. There. <laughs> <laughs> on a pilgrimage, pilgrimage. There. and um, was it a pilgrimage of one? Uh, it was, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and, and there's a road, and I was amazed to see it was on Flowers Close or something, Dollis Hill, and you can oh, go. Awesome. And the post office research centre is now a block of flats, and opposite is the Churchill Bunker, which is quite cool. But, was, but and it, dom- we it, it dominates the the if if you're ever in the Dollis Hill area and you, you look up to that building on top of yeah. uh, I think Gladstone Park or something like that. Uh, yeah. That's that's that post office yeah, building. So you know, which is uh, which is very exciting. I am I am an Uber geek. Oh. He's such oh. an Uber geek. He's wired up. He's ringing right now. You, you can talk about your uber geekness. You weren't even what? a geek. No, I think oh, I, I can say the opposite. I, I, you've been converted. I think, yeah, I have. I've sort of entered a, a dangerous realm of... Um, but actually, that in a way, I had to try and turn that to my advantage. And I, th- in the serious point, I suppose, is that I wanted to try and write uh, some films that would be for people like me who find technology a bit opaque sometimes, a bit dull, perhaps... Mm-hmm and the province of people who at school I found quite difficult to socialise with. So here, here was a chance to write something that I would, you know, that would make me interested. Whilst we were editing these films, which were keeping me up until the very early hours of the morning, I ordered a, a thousand-piece Escher jigsaw that basically had two colours <laughs> because that was the only way I could stop thinking about editing. So when I went to sleep at night, I, I had match cuts in my head between Ada Lovelace and Escher. Which is quite an incredible place to be, and if that's geeky, then I'm. I think that's serial killer, actually. <laughs> we should say um, thanks very much to both of you. So thanks. For no, thank you, day. thank you. You should have got us before we started the beer. I am Otis Dealey. Uh, Dealey spelt with two e's, but they're not adjacent to each other. They are either side of the L. <laughs> 
uh, an Otis spelt in the South American way, Ortiz, O-R-T-I-S. And you present the Gadget Show. I am. I am one of the presenters of um, the Gadget Show. I've been presenting now for just over 15 years. Um, various, uh, I think most people will know me for the children's stuff that I've done mm-hmm. over the years. My pioneer is um, Ada Lovelace, uh, the godmother of computer programming. And what she did was work with Charles Babbage, who is credited as the the father of the calculator, father of the computer, whichever way you want to you want to look at it. Um, he created uh, a number of machines, but uh, one in particular, um, she saw so much more potential in it in terms of communicating to the device how to do better what it was originally created to do. Ada Lovelace saw that there was so much more potential to Babbage's invention um, and she devised a way of communicating with it. Mm. Um, Someone who I just had um, a a small conversation here with said that a computer is essentially a machine. It's useless until you give it a mission, Mm. tell it to do something. How do you tell it to do something? Well, you, you use software. Um, what is software? Software is a program. Um, you cannot program something without Ada Lovelace. She was the person who originated, um, telling machines, computers what to do. She is the information pioneer without a doubt in my mind. So I'm at an exhibition called River Sounding, which is uh, Bill Fontana's journey through hidden sound worlds of the, hid- of the River Thames. And it's at Somerset House, it's free. And uh, as you can hear, it's very weird and eerie. And it's basically sounds that have been collected from under the Thames and around the surface of the Thames, near here, I think, on the uh, Strand in London. a certain amount of visual projection and things as well but mostly it's uh, lots of weird sounds being piped in You've been listening to Shift Run Stop. You can follow us on Twitter at Shift Run Stop. Visit the website shiftrunstop.co.uk and send an email to podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk.